We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are live here on a Thursday, which means, of course, keys to victory, Notre Dame versus the Pitt Panthers this weekend, coming off of a bye week. Big game for Notre Dame. They have gained a lot of momentum, obviously, this past game two weeks ago, defeating the U.S. Uh, University of Southern California Trojans. I know they hate that, so we're going to keep keep working with that shtick. Other defeating them, going into the bye week, and now – really have a momentum coming out and you have a chance now to start a four game stretch where full transparency, Notre Dame should win every game down the stretch. Now should and will are two very different things, but Notre Dame should have a massive opportunity here to end the season the way that we really want them to and the way that they need to, in order to really capture all the momentum going into bowl season, into the off season. And we've really talked about that a lot over the last two weeks here. But, Brian, getting into this Pittsburgh game, we're talking keys to victory. We'll talk offensively. We'll talk defensively. Of course, we'll talk about score predictions. We'll also have a mailbag at the end. So if there's any mailbag questions, please put mailbag before the question, MB for short, if you would like. That really helps us quickly determine what is a mailbag question and what is just general chatter that is happening in the chats during this podcast. So, uh, Brian, it's an interesting one. It's a very unique game, in my opinion. This is not. This is a Pitt Panther team. Before we dive into both sides of football and keys to victory, it's a very traditional team in the sense they are built off of all the same principles: playing good defense, wanting to run the football, working off of play action. They're still built the same under Pat Narduzzi, obviously. But this is a team that there are clearly some holes, clearly some places that Notre Dame can take advantage of, but a big game nonetheless. And Notre Dame has had some tough games against Pitts over the years. There's, they've had a couple blowouts as well in there, but Pitt's always been kind of that pesky team that can stick around if you yeah. let them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I mean, and they're a team that has been dealing with injuries this season too, Ryan. You've talked about the offensive line. I know they've had, they have a tackle down. They have they have a new center that whose first start, I think, was the Virginia Tech game. Uh, they've been missing. I don't Devonshire missed that game as well. The D-tackle, or not the uh, Danielson, corner. excuse me, the D-tackle. Oh, no, the Devonshire's the corner. Uh, Danielson's yep. the player that missed the D-tackle, the guy that missed that game. You know, Phil Jerkovic got banged up, and he eventually got replaced. I, I was watching the, you know, breaking down the Virginia Tech game. Bub Means has a 75-yard touchdown pass in that game, like second series, and then gets hurt. You know, it's just been like one of those years. So a team that was already not as talented as recent teams has been then banged up and has lost players, and that's played a big role in why uh, they're struggling. But, Ryan, as you know, when you have injuries early, eventually the guys will step in now have more and more experience, and that team is at times can improve and, and play better. We'll find out if that's if that's going to be pitched. Because to your point, Ryan, this is a team that in the past has has given Notre Dame some tough games. And and now the last couple have not, you know, two of the last three have not been overly close. Notre Dame won 45 to 3 in 2020, a game that was close until the final like what, five minutes of the second quarter. Notre Dame got a pick that set up a touchdown. Isaiah Foskey blocked a punt that set up a touchdown. Like all of a sudden, a 14 to three game that was basically built around like two long passes to Ben Skoranek, which remember that because we're going to talk about that. Uh, all of a sudden, turns into a 28 three game. And, you know, Pitt didn't have their starting quarterback. Kenny Pickett was hurt that game. He didn't play that game. 2018, they played Ryan, and that was a, a, very mediocre pit team. I, I think they went like seven and seven that year. I think it was the year that they played for the ACC championship, but like seven and seven, if I remember correctly, but it wasn't a very good pit team. And Notre Dame needed a fourth quarter. That was an undefeated uh, playoff bound pit team that Notre Dame needed to rally back and, and win in the fourth quarter against a team that got blown out by Penn state 51 to six lost to North Carolina that year, who wasn't that good lost to UCF that year. Uh, got well, let me rephrase that they lost they got blown out by UCF that year uh, and and by the way as I said they lost North Carolina Carolina went two and nine that season they lost to uh, uh, Miami by 21 they got blown out by Clemson and then of course they give Notre Dame everything they can handle why 
because Notre Dame was sloppy. They weren't focused. You had first first drive of the game, Pitt goes three and out, you think, and then you jump off sides on a fourth down punt. Nico Fertitta jumped off sides, and then Pitt takes that drive and they go all the way down the field. I think Kadri Ellison scores. And then it was kind of like it was like that the rest of the game. You know, you had Ian Book through a couple interceptions in Pitt territory. And it was just like, what what are they doing? Like they they looked at this Pitt team that had just gotten blown out by UCF, had lost to a bad North Carolina team, had, lo- had got blown out by UCF. Pitt at the time was three and three coming into the game. And Notre Dame was like, yeah, we're good. We're, you know, we're, we're a really good football team. We're a lot, you know, we're, we're going to come out and roll the balls out and blow this team out. Notre Dame was coming off of a really convincing road win over Virginia Tech the week before, a, a ranked Virginia Tech team. They had blown out Stanford. They had blown out Wake Forest. They'd beaten Michigan. Like, they were feeling really good about themselves. And if it wasn't Ian Book completing like nine of his last ten passes, including a post route to Miles Boykin, that could have been an upset. And that's kind of been the story with Notre Dame and Pitt in, in a lot of times, Ryan, is, you know, even when Notre Dame's really good and Pitt's not that good, they just seem to have Notre Dame's number. Uh, 2012, right? It's another year where Notre Dame's got a great football team. They're very, you know, they're undefeated. They've beat some really big-time programs. And who gave Notre Dame the toughest, the biggest scare that season? It was Pitt. I was at that game, right? I was in the stands because I was coaching uh, at the time. And so Ange and I, we had a bye week. And so Ange and I, Ange got me tickets to the game. And we went to the game. And I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be great. Going to watch them blow out Pitt because I like when they blow out Pitt because I lived in Pittsburgh. And let's just say, you know, you know, the, the, if I never hear the word yens again or, you know what I mean, I'll, I'll be a happy camper, you know what I mean? But, but, you, but you can't get as many steel girders where you live now as this, you could back this, there. So. This, this is true. This is true. <laughs> and this that was a pit team at the time, Ryan, that was 4-4. Four and four. Again, not a very good pit team. They had lost to Syracuse that year, lost to Louisville, got blown out by Cincinnati, lost by two touchdowns to Youngstown State, right? Notre Dame feeling good about themselves. We're going to blow them out. They're not very good. And it was a ball game. I think they were down like 17 to six at one point in time. So this is not a team that you can just ah, assume that the Notre Dame's going to blow them out. The players can't. They've got to come in locked in for this game, Ryan, because this is this is a, 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 a season-saving opportunity for Pitt. Because when you look at their schedule, Ryan, they're they're two and five right now. They can only lose one more game and uh, to be bowl eligible. And they've got Notre Dame, Florida State. Syracuse on a neutral field, Boston College and Duke on the road left the rest of the way. So their backs are against the wall. They're all those games are losable for them too, man. They could lose all every one of those of games them. potentially. All yeah. of them. And so yeah. this is their guys. We've got to. It's now or never. We got to turn our season around. So so my point is, Notre Dame should not only win their last four games, Ryan. I would argue that in at least three of them should be convincing wins, including this. But yeah. what it should, like you said, it what it should be. And what it will be, that's a much bigger question. And so Notre Dame's going to have to come out, and and that's going to be the biggest thing, Ryan. Like, we're going to get in the keys to victory here in a minute, but the biggest overall key is come in locked in. You still have something to prove. This isn't about Pitt. This isn't about their record two and five. This is about you and the fact that you still have something to prove. You got your rest. No midterms this week. No excuses. This is as as healthy as you've been since probably the Central Michigan game, you've got to be locked in. That's the biggest key to success because that's what's hurt Notre Dame in those past games. 
things that that noted that got Notre Dame to the point where in 2012 they were undefeated with wins over Stanford and I believe Miami at that point in time and Oklahoma and Michigan and Michigan State all the things that got you there, you weren't doing in the first half against Pitt in that game. You weren't stopping the run. You were making mistakes. All the things that had got you to be undefeated in a victory over Michigan, a blowout win over, a, a, at the time, a top-10 Stanford team, a blowout win over Wake, a blowout road win over a ranked Virginia Tech team, you weren't doing against Pitt in, in that game, and you needed that fourth-quarter comeback. You know, silly penalties and things like that. That's what a team that just thinks they're going to roll the balls out and run over a team does. And this Notre Dame team can't do that. And that's going to be overall, all phases of the game, coaching, player-wise, offense, defense, special teams, all of it, that's the biggest key to this game is, is come out, locked in, and play Notre Dame football. You do that, it's going to be a, a not just a win, but a convincing win. If you yep. don't and you just think you're just going to go out there and Pitt's going to roll over, you're, you're, going to be in for a, you're going to be in for a battle that shouldn't be a battle. If, I mean, I'm just being honest, Ryan. Like, you yeah. know, we could spin it and like, you know, this is a tough team. Yeah, they are a tough team. They are well coached on defense, but they're not good. They're just not good. And and but Notre Dame needs to handle their business and, and prove it. Because just ask North Carolina what can happen when you play a really bad team and you don't you don't take them seriously. Yep. Right. I feel like I'm having a battle in my mind, man. Because I I agree with you. Notre Dame should win this game convincingly. But then I get the I get, I get this sense of like, but man, what if they come out flat? And this pit team is like, again, yeah, they're not good, but like they are tough. And when, when you come out flat and maybe you're just a little bit of, you know, ahead of yourself or maybe a little bit too high on yourself coming into a game, that energy has kind of went a little bit too far north. Then a team like Pitt is just going to feast off of that and just be that scrappy, stupid victory that we hate, that we do not enjoy especially coming off of a bye week, coming off of a huge game. I mean, there are two realities that I think exist here. But, Brian, I, I think that the, the side of the football that will have my most attention because of the simple fact that my that my skepticism side, my skeptic side, is based upon the Notre Dame offense right now. That's where it comes from. Full transparency, that is where this guy comes from. And we'll talk about the keys to victory here, Brian. But I think the first one is very well illustrated by this simple fact. Notre Dame defeated USC two weeks ago, 48-20 to 20 in dominant fa- fashion. You beat your rival by four touchdowns at home. You're feeling great about yourself. In that football game, though, we always talk about sustainability. Notre Dame's offense was better than it had been, but it still wasn't great, right? It did what it had to do, but it still showed there's still evolution that needs to happen here. There's still an identity issue. You still need to get a whole lot better. So for us, first key to victory today, and I think that this is exemplified here, for the Notre Dame offense, you have to start fast. Why? Because there's a few different reasons here. The biggest one for me, though, is that you are riding momentum coming out of the bye week. As a team, you should be feeling pretty good about yourself. You just embarrassed a top 10 team in your home stadium, 48 to 20, got into a bye week, got some rest, and now you get an inferior football team at home again to start a four-game stretch of games that you should win. Notre Dame should be, have a lot of energy and a lot, of, a lot of positivity coming into this football game. And every time you have momentum, you have to hold on to that thing, man. You have to mm-hmm. keep it the best way you can. And for the Notre Dame offense, you need to start fast in this football game. And we'll get into exactly what that means, what we think that they need to show 
early on in this football game to show that there has been a corner that has been turned, hopefully. But more than anything, Brian, this offense, this team, feeling pretty good about themselves. Offensively, you need to capture some of that momentum and really urge it forward for the next four games, and specifically this weekend against Pitt. Ryan, there are so many aspects to why starting fast is important in this game. Some of them practical to the pit game. Some of them more about Notre Dame, like you just mentioned. Like you know, you're a lot of what you were just talking about is more like big picture, more just mental, more emotional, as opposed to the strategic reasons why it matters to Pitt. But that's a, that's that's the biggest thing about this game for me, Ryan. It's not really about Pitt. It's about Notre Dame. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and where where your where's your head at? You know, like you said, feeling good. Well, feeling good can be one can go one of two ways. One is I'm feeling pretty good about myself and, you know, Pitt's not any good and we're Notre Dame and we're just going to come in and roll the balls out and they're going to lay over and die. And and that's the wrong kind of feeling good. The other kind of feeling good is, hey, I like this feeling of blowing teams out. And and we just showed how good we are. We're not the team that, that looked like that against Louisville. We're not the team that struggled to beat Duke. We're this team. We're this team that can go out and, and, and dominate people. That's the other way of feeling good. And, and, and that's where momentum gets built, Ryan, to your point. Because if you come out and slop, you know, just slug out an ugly win over Pitt, yeah, it's good. It's a win. I mean, you're seven and two. That's fine. Whatever. But I'm not going to feel good about that. I'm not going to feel good about, about Notre Dame sl- having a, a slug fest 17 to 13 victory over a Pitt team that's gotten blown out by Virginia Tech and North Carolina, lost by 11 to West, West Virginia lost to yep. a really bad Cincinnati team at home and then just went on the road and lost to Wake Forest third string quarterback. I mean, Cincinnati this year, Ryan has two wins, Eastern Kentucky and Pitt at Pitt. That's it. They've lost to Miami of Ohio, hey, Oklahoma. Wait, who's who's the second win? Who's the second Eastern win? Kentucky. At- and then they what beat the Pitt game? at Pitt. That's the Pitt second win. Pitt? No, no, no. For Cincinnati. Oh, for Cincinnati. Cincinnati oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I missed her when yeah, you said I'm, I'm I got ex- it. Okay. No, no, you're all good. I might have said Pitt, but the you know, I'm just talking about the, the the low quality teams that have beat Pitt. It's not like they've had this gauntlet of they've lost to North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, and Duke so far this year. And then, you know, hey, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, they're two and five, but they've played some really good football teams so far this year. Nope. They lost at home to a pit to to since to guys to a they lost at I'm gonna say it again. They lost at Pitt lost at home to a Cincinnati team that the following week lost at home to Miami of Ohio. Now that's not meant to be a slight to Miami of Ohio because Chuck Martin's doing a really nice job with that team this year. They're six and two right now. Their only losses are to Miami, Florida, and a really good Toledo team. Yep. But you're Pitt. You shouldn't be losing at home to Miami of Ohio. Or I don't care how good Miami of Ohio is. So, you know, this is just not a game, Ryan, where I'm going to feel good about Notre Dame just kind of sleepwalking through a, a win. And, and that's how momentum gets stalled, right? Because all the confidence you built during that week of beating USC in the bye week can be eliminated with that kind of game. I want to see this team come out fired up. Now, practically speaking about Pitt, the other part of it too is, Ryan, is like we said, Pitt is going to come in and they've got nothing to lose at all. They're trying to save their season. And you come out right away and just boom, 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 take it right down the field, get the ball back from your defense, boom, 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 right down the field, score a touchdown. Now all of a sudden Pitt's like, we're done. Here we go again. We can't win this game. 
So it's also practical from that standpoint. So not only build it, you know, con- continue to build up your confidence because there are parts of this Notre Dame team that still need their confidence built up. Even though as a team, you feel good. There's other parts of the team that will get into a line receiver, things like that, that still need a confidence boost. And you need yeah. to be able to come out and do that early on. And so uh, in order for Notre Dame to get a fast start, Ryan, I believe the old line and the wide receivers have to be a big part of that, which we'll kind of dive into these next few points. So that's the other part is the only way Notre Dame can start fast on offense is if team part of the team that's been struggling lately is playing well against a pretty like as bad as Pitt is. They have a pretty salty defense. They do. do. They're well coached. They've got some quality players. And it's not a it's not a vintage pit defense with, you know, four, four, five, six NFL guys on it. But it's still a, a quality unit and Notre Dame's going to have to come out and play well. So yeah, starting fast, big picture, macro, micro, starting fast is a big part of this game. Yes, Notre Dame can win the game without starting fast, but I don't know that they can accomplish the ultimate goal of really moving the needle forward as, as a team, not about as a program, just as a team in 2023 without coming out and really getting that early momentum, that early, I mean, you should be juiced, man. You're rested. Get some time off. I mean, you should be pretty fired up. Well, and I think that if we're just looking at this 2023 version of Notre Dame as well, if Notre Dame is the resilient team that we have been portraying them as being, which they've proven a couple times so far this year. I mean, most recently against USC, obviously coming off of a tough loss and dismantling the number 10 team in the country. I think that for me, this is the next step of now, after a big win, coming off a bye week, can this coaching staff now get a team ready and be like, dude, Pitt's not, Pitt doesn't even deserve to be here with you guys. Like, let's go destroy them and make this not even a contest. Like, can this be a game where in the middle of the second quarter, you're just like, dude, this thing's over with. Like, it's over. Right. Like, it, like, even if we right. go stale the rest of the game, they're still not going to get close to beating us. Like, it's just right. one of those games, you know? So I, I think this could be a little bit of a, a statement win, not in the traditional sense of like you destroyed a really good team. But a statement right. went in the sense of, hey, we have the momentum, and I'm going to show as a coaching staff and as a program that we can hold the momentum and that we can stomp on the teams that we need to stomp on. That's a little bit of a statement win, in my opinion, which I think is big, needed. Very big needed. time, big time. And 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 Ryan, look, I'm not I'm not trying to have a, a a college football playoff conversation right now because a lot would have to happen. Yeah. But uh, just from a perception standpoint, whether it's New Year's Six, whether it's you know you've got to to get to New Year's Six, you've got to climb up the rankings. You're not going to be able to do that by beating a a, a big team, a big time team. You don't, you're not going to have any ranked opponents on your schedule. Even if Clemson beats Wake Forest this weekend, or I mean, excuse me, NC State this weekend, they're not going to be ranked next weekend because of the Miami loss. It's just that's the reality of it. So you don't yeah. have that big name opponent you can beat. So what you have to do is you have to then go, man, Notre Dame is smashing people. I mean, just smashing people. And 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 for that to happen, the offense is going to have to be a fast starting group. And and, and uh, it's always what we say, but as we yep. always also, there's always different reasons why, and it looks different. And that's kind of where I'm at this week. Can Notre Dame win this game without starting fast? As we said, yes, for sure. But can yep. Notre Dame be the team down the stretch they need to be if they come out and just it's same old same old offensively? I, I don't know. That's going to make me a little okay. bit nervous. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Well, obviously the next two points, or number two and number three points, are a little bit interrelated, but they all kind of work off of each other. They, they are, they are they're points that we know offensively because we have very intelligent listeners out there, right? Like, for the most part, Y'all know what the issues are, right? And one right. of the biggest issues in, in some games, because some games the offensive line is very good. Other games hasn't been very good. It's been kind of like polar opposites a lot. There hasn't been much middle ground either. There hasn't been many games yeah. where you're just like, yeah, they were good, just not great. Like usually it's really good or below average. Like that's usually right. the, the, the typical offensive line play we have. But Brian, like this one is going to be big for the offensive line. One, because we want to see progression there, right? We want to see this team now start to figure it out. And whoever the starting five is moving forward, you know, the rest of the season, we want them to start maturing and being a cohesive unit and getting a whole lot better. And in this game against Pitt, it's very important because, one, we're going to talk about, you know, getting the passing game going a little bit, getting the the perimeter working. And in order for that to happen, you need to protect Sam Hartman. And the other big part is you're Notre Dame. You're always going to be built off wanting to run the football. You got to get the run game going as well, which has kind of been stagnant, especially early on in some football games recently. So offensive line needs to play really well. And also not to mention, I think MJ Devonshire, a a corner for Pitt, might be their best football player defensively. But their best unit and deepest unit by far, in my opinion, is the defensive line. There's no Aaron Donald. There's no Patrick Jones. There's none of those types of guys. There's no guys that you're going to watch on Sundays be difference makers. I, I don't see those types of players, but they set, they have guys like Dayon Hayes. You met, you mentioned Devin Danielson earlier, who's just a really solid interior enforcer. You have guys like PJ, um, like Jules. I'm just calling PJ Jules. Cause that's a, that's a safety for Southern Illinois, but his name is, mm-hmm. De, is not PJ Jules, DeAndre. but you have De, yeah. yeah. DeAndre Jules inside. This is just a very deep defensive line for Pitts. Again, no stalwarts, no guys that are superstars, no first-round draft picks, but they can, when somebody comes off the field, they put in just another good quality football player into the game. This is a deep defensive line, and I really think that Notre Dame's offensive line is going to need to dominate this football game and get started off really early because I think, as we know, the offense always works off of how well the offensive line is playing, especially in Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, and, and how does that? Why why is it important? Number one, obviously, you talked about the the offensive, the run game's got to get going and all that. And that's been probably the even more disappointing for me the last four games. We're all obsessed with the pass game, and they're not throwing the ball. And the receivers are this, and the receivers that. The reality is, Ryan, in the last three game, the last four games are averaging about 126 yards a game. And if you take out the Ohio State game and just make the last three games, they're averaging barely 100 rushing yards a game. The last three games. And it's not, oh, well, they just haven't run it much because they're not throwing the ball either. And you say, well, they had shorter fields. That's fine. But USC got ripped up against Arizona on the ground. They got ripped up by Utah on the ground. And right in the middle is an earning game where they were just kind of okay running the football. 
right? And say, well, you only ran for 129 yards because of the short fields. I'm not worried about the yards. I'm worried about the fact you only went for about 5.1 yards per carry. If you take out the take and the knee, you're at about 5.4, 5.5 against a team that everybody else is going for like six and six plus, you know, the good teams that you play, or at least, you know, five and a half uh, to, to, to six against them. So you've got to play well. But the big thing, too, is this is a team that wants to pressure the quarterback. And this is a team that wants to get after the quarterback. And, and the third key, Ryan, that ties in with this is the you've got to get the ball down the field. We've talked about it. You've got to get the ball down the field. Well, Pitt's whole thing is we're going to play a style of defense that that is going to leave us exposed to teams that can throw the ball down the field. But yeah. we don't think you can. you're going to have the time to get the ball down the field because of the way we're going to pressure. That's what they're banking on. And if Notre Dame can, can – like Virginia Tech early on, I thought did a pretty good job of protecting their quarterback. So, you know, they go out and have a 70 – or it was about a 50-something-yard touchdown. The quarterback's hitting the ball over the middle of the field. He's hitting some big plays. Other games, their quarterbacks aren't getting as much time, and you're not able to get the ball down the field. And so, to me, that's why these two things go together because, you know, Notre Dame's got to get the ball outside. they got to get the ball outside with the deep, right, go shots – deep out cuts, uh, corner routes, uh, deep end cuts. Like they've got to get the ball down the field and outside. They've got to get the ball quickly outside. If you can catch them in a blitz and Sam Hartman can get that ball out on a now or a slide or a screen, yep. you know, uh, you're going to have success there. Pitt's an interesting team because when they don't blitz, they're a very good screen defense. But if you catch them in a blitz, they have no answers for the screen. And that's just the nature of teams that, that bring the kind of pressure they bring. Now, that's much easier said than done because unless you're stealing the other team's signs because you've been recording their entire season uh, from the opposing sideline, you don't necessarily always know when they're bringing the blitz, no, right? No, nobody would ever do that, right? No just one would ever hypothetically do that. speaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, so we're, you've we're got, you've got you to get Booker Picker. Just right, right. You've got to get the ball outside with quick run game stuff. I mean, there's just different things you need to do to get outside, but that's not going to work if your offensive line is not playing at a high level. So that's yeah. why these two things go together is your offensive line has to, this has to be a get right game for the offensive line. If they don't play well, Notre Dame is going to have a hard time putting this game away the way they need to. Yeah. And so that's why these two things are together. If they do play well, I really like the outside matchups and the over the middle matchups. I think their safeties can be exposed in coverage. And, and, you know, you talked about MJ, MJ Devonshire being a good player. This is a kid that's, that's, he's got some strange stats, Ryan. He's holding opponents yep. under 50% completion percentage, but he's giving yep. up 18.7 yards per catch because when yes. people beat him, they beat him deep. Right. Yep. Um, Marquise Wood, Williams can absolutely be exposed. He's not very big and he's not very fast. Right. Yes. I mean, it just that's <laughs> just a, a matchup. Kid. You, right. Kid, but, all, yeah. but when you're Notre Dame, that's a kid you've got to be taken advantage of. Right. That's just the reality of it. So, you know, to me uh, and then their safeties are, are downhill hitters, but they're not cover guys. I want them trying to have to cover Mitchell Evans down the field and Chris Tyree and and Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison and the backs out. I want I want Shane Simon to please put Shane Simon in coverage there, on Jeremiah Love. Please. There, there's a reason that there are two safeties, Brian, on a team that only lets up only a little over three yards to carry as a run defense, or they're two leading tacklers. It's because those kids 
want to get downhill. They want to get in the box. They want to get involved in the run game. They are not covered right. safeties. You're absolutely correct. The right. corners, I would agree a million percent on. MJ Devonshire, who I think is listed at like 5'11". I have an official verified mm-hmm. measurable, though. He's only 5'10 in some change. He's not a big corner. Marquise Williams is also listed at only 5'9". You have two smaller corners. You know what gives them trouble? Size. Yes. The ability to win outside with leverage. And speed. And, yeah. Yes, and speed. The, those things are all – there's ability to separate vertically both with speed and size is a possibility for Notre Dame this week. If there was ever a Tobias Merriweather breakout game this season, dude, this would be the game. <laughs> this would I'm be wa- the game. Ryan, I'm watching the Virginia Tech game, and I'm watching that Felton yep. kid just yep. run by Marquise Williams, and I'm like, this guy's not faster than the kids Notre Dame has at wide receiver. He's just not. And he just ran right by him. I mean, just yep. ran right by him. And we've seen that because this team is very prone to getting beat deep. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, Mar- Devonshire's longest catch allowed is 54 yards. Marquise Williams, it says 31. I actually think that's backwards. I thought it was Williams that got beat. No, it's Devonshire that just got ran past by. I even got that wrong. It was their good corner that got ran past by Felton against Virginia Tech. I thought it was Marquise Williams, but it just it, it's just a matchup where if you can't get your receivers going in this game, I. Yeah, I, it's just it's not in the cards this year, and yeah. and um, we're, they're they're going to need to play well. They're just they're going to need to play well. You so I want to see. I, mean, you, I want to see. You, you you have an easy advantage outside from a talent perspective. Now at this point, I will say this about those two kids: is that both Devonshire and Marquise Williams are very tough kids. Right? They are not going to give up. They're going to scrap, and if they get into a catch point situation. They're going to scrap to try to force an incompletion. They are going to scrap. You are going to need to play physically. You're going to need to play demanding, and you're going to need to finish plays in this one. You're going to have to do those things. And could Notre Dame do that? Possibly. Mm -hmm. Have they have they given me any any huge confidence that it's going to happen? Absolutely not. Not at this point. They have not. So this is a game where, if there's ever a game where it's like, guys. We are challenging you this week, right? Those corners, you have advantage, both size-wise and athleticism-wise. You got to make some plays this week. Mm-hmm. If there's ever a game to do that, I think it's this one. But you're right. Yeah. It all starts protection, getting the run game going, and then you have to show that the the biggest negative to your offense right now, winning outside the numbers, winning outside consistently – you need to show that you can do that this week. Yeah. You have to, because that's going to be an indicator of growth going down the stretch right. of the season. Ryan, I, I believe it was you the other day that talked about this. I, it could have been Vince on Monday, but the conver- the conversation was, you know, sometimes you need to run the ball early to, to, to set up the pass or just you're just a running team. That's who you are. Sometimes, though, you need to come out and get the pass game going in order to take some of the pressure off the run game. I believe, and I, and, I, and I know that you and I have talked about this, so I know we're on the same page. This is one of those games where the pass game has to come out and get going early to take some of the pressure off the run game. It, it, it is. Can they win this game without that happening? Sure. They can win this game 21-6 to because the Notre Dame defense shuts down the pit offense. But, it, but that, that doesn't move the needle. So this is one of those weeks where if I'm Jared Parker and I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm sitting down with Chancey Stuckey saying, we need your guys to step up. They're healthy. You need to get this kid going. You need to get this kid going. We need to be better here. We need to have better release moves. 
And and because this is the kind of pit team too that if you use the kind of release moves I've seen this unit use in practice, if you hit a couple outside balls, next thing you know, Ryan, you're hitting slants, you're hitting in cuts because they'll overreact to that stuff, and uh, that's why it's an imp- important for them to um, important for them to to really get this thing rocking and rolling. So we'll see, agree. and then uh, we can go on to point four. Point four, third down success. This has been. A big negative of Notre Dame over the last few weeks. <laughs> Not Both very sides of the ball. Downs. It's been really yeah. weird. Both sides very of the strange. ball. Very strange. And you would think, and again, I'm not. this is not all on Sam Hartman. There, is a, there are several issues on this offense right now. But a six-year starting quarterback is a guy that you would expect to help a third down offense very easily, right? With a guy that can throw the football and open things up a little bit and in theory, open the field up to different possibilities. That's where third down success is. That's where it takes the next step, right? But they've not been great running the football on third down. They've not been great converting third downs in general. And this is a pit team again, defensive line wise, no stars, but they have enough pieces where they can be a little bit annoying with you, right? They can give, they can be kind of that really just annoying team that gets some pressure on the quarterback. You're going to see a couple different blitz looks at times on this defense, not incredibly exotic, but they're, they're going to give you some issues if you let them. Right. So I think more than anything, Brian, it's like one, let's get into manageable third down situations first and foremost but from there, man, you have to be able to convert against this team because they're going to put those corners on an island. They're going to try to pressure you, and they're going to force you try to force you into bad situations on the the money downs of this football mm-hmm. game. They're going to. This is Pitt's mo, Ryan. Yep. Shut down the run game. Take away quick game. Create enough stop negatives, and 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 by negatives, I mean really just stuffs. Period. I'll just use stuffs. That's probably a better term, which incorporates two-yard gains, zeros, incompletions, and negatives, and get teams on third down and then heat them up. That that That's their goal. That third and long and heat them up. Notre Dame can't put themselves in that situation. So early downs are going to be key to success here. But then the other part of it is you've got to have a better third down plan, and that's been an issue at times this year, Ryan, is there have been games you're just like, I don't know what their third down plan is. And then sometimes you're like, I know what they're trying to do, but it just wasn't smart. I thought yeah. the USC third down plan was actually pretty good. It just wasn't executed. You have the first third down, Sam Hartman doesn't take the one-on-one that's open. So next third down, Mitchell Evans drops a ball, he's open, you know, yeah. he, he just he just drops it. You know, so like there was there were some things there. And then like you said, it's it's you know, Sam Hartman, but they've they've they haven't converted like third and twos, you know, with yeah. the run game. They've been able to cut like Ohio State getting a third and two, you try to run the football, Aldrich hits the wrong hole, he doesn't bounce it properly. Next thing you know, you're at fourth and one. Sam gets stopped on fourth and one. Well, you should have never got the fourth and one because you needed yeah. to execute that third and two better. The offensive line, it's been a team-wide problem. I agree with you. I just kind of thought with Sam Hartman here, you know, Wake had a pretty good third down offense. I just yep. assumed they'd be better on third down. Their name's been very good on, on third down. That's going to have to get improved. And if you do that, all of a sudden, the the, the, the things start, start getting better and better and better. Uh, but... It, it you know that's where confidence comes from, but also third down success leads to more and more plays. And the more plays you run, the more opportunities you have to hit a big one, right? I mean, we always talk about the more plays that there are, the more chance there is to, to for, for for failure. But also, the more yep. plays you run, the more chance you have to go hit a big play. And well, third, and so third, those are the, the yeah. 
third downs are always those high tension situations, right? Because I always, I always coined it like this, Brian, like get a first down and breathe, right? Because I feel like mm-hmm. for a third down, like offenses just don't breathe. They're just like sitting there and just trying to pro- prolong a drive to continue to, to really just gain momentum and to build on what you're doing offensively in a particular drive. You can breathe after a first down, after a third mm-hmm. down conversion. You can breathe a little bit. And I, again, I just really think it comes down to, one, you need to be more consistent just moving the football in general. You need to get into more some third and shorts because those are always going to be a higher percentage of I mean, it's it's not it's not rocket science, right? The shorter the the third down conversion, more opportunity you are going to have to complete it, right? It's a lot easier to complete a third and three or convert a third and three, excuse me, than a third and fifteen, for instance. Like it just is like law of averages on that one, right? But I think also Notre Dame, I, I think they lack an identity on third down a little bit too, right? Like I don't think they always know exactly what they're good at all the time, right? right? It's That's different why- week to week. It's like, yes. oh, what are we going to try this week? Yes, that's a great point, Ryan. Continue it. But yes, that's a well, great no, point. I, I was going to say, why, why do you run a, we used to call it counter crisscross, but it's not well, not quite counter crisscross, but it's a wing counter to Chris Tyree on that on that one third down conversion, right? You're just like, why is that the play, <laughs> right? Like, why is that the play? It's the play because I think there's a lack of identity. I think that that's what it is. I don't think that you 100% know what you're good at. Everybody makes fun of the Philadelphia Eagles right now, Brian, for like the quarterback sneak thing that they run. They call it like the tush push or whatever they're calling it now. It's like, guys, you can make fun of it all you want, but it always works. <laughs> like It just works. You know why? Because they have an identity. They know what they're good at and they stick to it. And, and I think for offensively for Notre Dame, they haven't been able to convert third and shorts a lot, which has been just very frustrating. Like, uh, you know, some misreads, some bad blocking schemes, a bunch of different things like that offensively as a passing game too like you're just not creative all the times on third downs and just getting easy i mean i'm seeing every week man it's it's not it's not again it's not rocket science you you there's a lot of teams now that are just motioning that guy inside and then he runs straight outside and it's like the flats wide open because you're in man coverage and it's an easy conversion right i mean there's just just no identity i think on this team right now especially offensively and and I'll say this. I think third down has been a time where I feel as though Notre Dame's advanced scouting hasn't been all that good because they're doing a lot of, I mean, stuff that just doesn't look like it's designed for that defense. They do a lot of things on third down, Ryan, where it's just option routes, stop routes. And it's kind of like, I understand the need for that, especially against a zone defense. But when you're playing a team that's man, you've got to do more movement stuff. And you talk about, moving guys pre-snap but it's like you know pivot routes slide routes you know uh nod and goes off options you know there's and and it would just seem like okay sometimes i think a team is going to be in zone on third down they come out they're playing man well eventually you have to adjust and then change your route concepts and there's just too much standing around from the receivers on third down too like if they're not if they're covered at first it's like oh well i guess i'm covered that sucks Mm-hmm. live to fight another day instead of hey i'm covered start doing something have a plan right. do something right and and those are just all parts of it where again no rhyme or reason but that's one of those things where it's like yeah the play call was bad but man you, you got to work for something bro and that's yes. and that's just leads into that urgency thing that we've talked about the receiving core all year and yep. i mean that's that's receiver 101 ryan you've you've told me you were an offensive coordinator at like what high school junior high school yeah. right high school high school yeah Yep. You're telling me you guys didn't have your kids at receiver saying, hey, if you're covered, 
don't just stand there work you know back like find work, work yeah. do something you yeah. you know what the other you you, you, pra- you practice the scramble drill all the yes. time man as far yes. as like where your where your locations are right like where you're coming back to or going up and, or whatever yeah and there are principles you teach hey look you can't work this way because you can't run into right. the other guy you know what the other yes. you know what the entire pass concept is you know but those are things too is like you, more movement is is ideal and not and when i mean movement not just a bunch of mesh stuff like teams kind of know that's coming but here's the thought how about you do a mesh where you just do a stutter like you're about to block a guy and then boom go high see teams do stuff like that uh run a pivot yeah. route make it look like your mesh bam slam it down and get back outside there's all types of things that are there that i've run that i know you've seen that you've run that they, everybody runs that it's like it's okay using that stuff guys have a plan but whoever's in charge of third down this season has not done a good job prepping because that's kind of how it works right it's like different coaches have different parts of you know hey you're the one that's that's putting together the third down plan that that's you know you're working on a run game you know joe rudolph and dila mccullough doing a lot of stuff with we getting the run game going you know somebody is in charge i don't know whether it's gino gadouli or chancy stucky or jared parker but somebody's kind of you're the primary guy for third down well whoever that is needs to do a better job because if you just improve that part of your game your offense is better now is it lighting the world on fire no but it's definitely better and so that's the last part if notre dame comes out early and they're converting third downs early then this this um this offense will roll against Pitt and, and it'll just start building and building and building. Cause I mean, Ryan, we talked about get the ball outside, but it, it may not be the first play of the game. You're throwing posts and goes. It just may be, yeah. you know, you're getting some, you know, you're getting some slides outside. You're getting a bubble outside. You're getting some nows outside. You're, you know, you're, you're doing other things like that. And then that sets up those things. Cause I've seen Pitt at times will come out early in their field corner will play off. You know, and so maybe you can hit a couple hitches or hit a couple things there. And then that just, and then they come up and boom, now you go. But the point is the ball's got to go outside and there's got to be some, some purpose. And that's where I think having Jaden Thomas back could be good for this team. If they're willing to use him in a way, because we thought you and I thought coming in the year that Jaden Thomas is going to be a third down machine, but that was thinking he would still be playing some inside and some to the field, not just being a permanent boundary because as he's not as it, who have been the great third down weapons for Notre Dame in recent seasons? It's Michael Mayer. It's Navery Davis. Well, those are guys. It's easier to have a third down weapon that's more inside, as yep. opposed to a one on one outside guy. So that's a situation where you say, "Hey, look, maybe this is one of those times when you mix things up a little bit." You know, I mean, like say you have Rico Flores or Tobias Merriweather as your Z. You have Jane Thomas as your X. He's the boundary. And you have Chris Tyree at, at, at the F position, which is the slot. Well, I'm, I'm going to have this third down concept where I'm going to actually put Tobias or Rico into the boundary. I'm going to put Chris Tyree to the field, get that speed outside. And then I'm going to have Jaden Thomas kind of work in my slot. That's my third down package in this game. With yep. with in some weeks, like against Louisville, that doesn't work because Louisville's got really long corners that's going to present problems where they're not going to be as worried about that Chris Tyree matchup on the outside. Louisville's kids were long and they could run. Well, Pitt's kids aren't long and they can't run. So it presents a little bit of a different matchup for you if you're if you're Notre Dame. Now you get Jaden Greathouse kind of matched up against backers and I mean, so there's things like that that you can do that may not make sense against Duke. Who has sure. what Al Blades is their short corner at six one? <laughs> at six one. I know the yeah. the Rivers kid rotates in and he's but like when they've got Jones and, and Blades on the field, 
it's six one and six four. You're not going to put yeah. Chris Tyree outside. This is one of those games where uh, you could do some things like that. So there's got to be some creativity to get matchups because I think third down is scheme is important, but third down is the best matchup down in football. And that's yeah. what I love is offense coaches understand, hey, I like this matchup, whether it's getting a running back in space against a linebacker, whether it's getting a slot receiver or some, doing something like that. That's where they got to be better and, and have a better plan, play with some urgency, and then execute that plan. If they can do that this bye week, then they're going to be able to come out and, and be effective in that situation. And if they are offensively able to do that, they have a chance to roll pit on Saturday. So offensive key to victory, there it there it is. Yes, sir. I was going to say, a guy that was a very good weapon for them early and at times on third down has been Chris Tyree. They need mm-hmm. to be more – I mean, he had the big third down conversion against Central Michigan. He had a big third down conversion against Ohio State. That's another one. And that, that him and Faison both, because Faison can do some of those things too, they've got to do more to get those guys moving fast on third down. Force the other team to be stressed by that because they could not only get open, but that could open up some other things. So those are all aspects of of aspects that I want to see on third down. I just wanted to get that last yep. that last part in there. No, you're good. And I, I think, again, I think if offensively comes, if Notre Dame's offense comes out and has a big day against Pittsburgh, we're going to get into defense in a second, but they have a chance to roll this team and kind of finish this one off early. I really do think they have that potential. Will potential become production? Will it become on field? Will you be able to actualize it? That is the major question, but we're going to get over to defense next here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.